All right, welcome back. This is The Mix Show. We are deep into season two, or we might not even be deep into season two. I have no idea where this episode is going to go in season two, but it's going to be in season two. And I'm very excited to have today's guest, uh, man, new year, new energy. And I've known you for a long time, Estelle. We're so happy to have you here. Thank Uh, you. I like to interview people I've seen on multiple continents, and you fit into, <laughs> you, you, you you fit into that category. So that's kind of where, where I'm trying to like make season two, just people I oh, know yeah. globally. But I don't know if you count because you were you were actually born on the other continent that I saw you on. But like you know, this is true. This is true. It's no, we've, true. Been, we've been we've been around the world. I, I, I. It's wild. It's yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm so happy to have you here because you are, as we we were talking before we started recording really a true definition of a, of a multi-hyphenate and you do so many things well and you could see the little connective tissue between all the things you do but they're all different whether it's you know like film and tv whether it's voiceover work whether it's 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 uh now now being a personality with 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 apple which is i want to talk about it which i really think is interesting when you started your career did you foresee yourself branching in different avenues or were you singularly music focused no i was not music focused i i've always done music it's almost like I breathe. I do music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do other things though, right? Um, so I started off and I knew I could rap, so I started rapping. Um, that was always my thing. But while I was rapping, I was my mom was always like, have a backup. Because if the music don't go one way, it's going to yeah. be, you know, you're going to be out, out here. So she made sure I went to college. And college for us is high school for you. So in college, high school, I studied media and photography and journalism. So I used that and I went and worked backstage. I used to work at a production company as a runner, go and get their coffee and tea and also sub everything, essentially an intern, right? But I was paid, thank God, because my mom was about like, hey, 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 go do something. Hey, I can't pay for the things that still you want. Like you, you're going to be rich one day, but you're not right now. Go do some things. So I, I had that. that job and I also had a job as a in a record shop. So I was filling my music side of it, my music research side of it but also learning how to make music videos. And after that, I've started working as a journalist for a website uh-huh. called okay. Darker Than Blue, right? Um, called Darker Than Blue. And I was the gigs editor. Like, you couldn't plan my life out there. Like, I was the gigs editor. So I'd go to the clubs. I'd take artists to the clubs, but I'd also be performing at the clubs. So, like, I was like, please, why don't y'all discover me? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Come in next week. Come in tomorrow and do this interview with us. Let me ask you, now that you're interviewing people on your show, which is on uh, Apple Music, right? Everybody should go check that out. Have you interviewed anybody where you've just been like, as an artist, you could kind of like reverse the chairs and be like, what the fuck? Are you like, did you not hear me? Like, like, you know, cause you're both now, right? I guess according to your story, I guess you were both the whole time because you did journalism at the beginning, but. Sure. Like. It's been it's been a couple of difficult ones um, where I have to like pull like wood out of water per se like water out of wood per se like is that the water out of stone? But to the extent of like um, they were just used to doing interviews in a certain way, and I'm like, so what did you eat for breakfast? And how are you feeling today? And and how's your spirit? And what's going on in your soul? And talk to me and like, oh my goodness, don't you hate wood? And I'm that kind of interviewer because I just find that people hate talking about their records. Like artists yeah. genuinely don't like it. They want to tell you everything but their records. After they're giving you them two minutes of, I wrote it here, it means this. Talk to them about something else. And and that's what I've been doing. But some artists are used to the traditional way of like, you know, hey, and I went in with so-and-so and this is all I have to say, you know? And so it was a little, some one or two of them have been a little difficult, but, you know, I, you know, I pull, pull water out of stones. 
As an artist, do you like hearing your music when you're out because I found as a DJ when artists are new and they're in my environment they're mm-hmm. very excited to hear their shit because yeah. they're just like they've never heard their shit out and they're just feeling themselves and they're like that new hot thing but then yeah. I feel like you know at the same time I've played a lot of parties where like really established artists have been there and I've I mean they've been right in front of me and I play their song and they don't even flinch like it's like they don't even know that it's on it's almost like a tone deaf and I just wonder how much of that is like subconscious I'm maybe at that point now where I'm just like I, you know what, you, I, if I sit here and I shit on it or I shit on the experience, that's bad energy towards some really good work. Before, yeah. I used to be like, oh my goodness, ugh, turn it off, all the reactions. And then it was just yeah. like, well, girl, is the song trash or is it good? Why are they, they playing it? Because it's good. Stop. Stop. Was this like for when American Boy would come on the minute you'd walk into a club? American Boy is one of the records. It, then it's like Break My Heart, depending on where you go. And then it's like Thank You, depending on where you go. Conqueror, if I'm sitting in a restaurant every time. Or the chef pulling out like the, the Spotify, like, or so excuse me, the, the, Apple, the Apple Music. And, uh, it will go to Estelle Radio on Apple Music and play, it will be like 12 of my records, records I don't even know the words to playing. Like, it's wild. And I'm just here like, well, I just, I didn't even do my hair today, but here we are. I'm just going to eat this food and just hide, you know? <laughs> so you're on the other side of the apex with a with an American boy, which where it's just like past cringy when you hear it in public and you're just grateful for the the, the amazing artistry that, that yeah. it created for you. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know. It's, it's good. It's like, I, I'm grateful for it. You pray for records like that as an artist. I don't yeah. know any artist who doesn't pray for a forever record, you know, like who doesn't pray for records that like, people will hear beyond the minute they're promoting it and yeah. be like, nah, that's my joint though. I still love that record. And I have at least two of them, <laughs> at least. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't get me started with One Love and Freak and that side of the world of records. It's like, I have a few and it's like, I'm I'm OD grateful. You know, I'm thankful. I could, you know, I did, I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I came here to do. You know? I feel like when artists start, like you want to make music that even as a DJ, like, you know, you don't, you, you want to, you want to make music, you want to play music that you'd never play at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And then when you go and you become an adult and you become established, you, you know, that's like the, the pinnacle. If you have a song that could actually get played at a wedding, then you're just, that means you're good. That means like, like you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. like you, you, you're good. That means you don't need to, you know, you figured the shit out so you've always also to me really smoothly navigated through different genres of music with r&b being like like the base but like you know you were rapping from the beginning and you've always dipped into like the reggae stuff you were a, a, a england import early mm-hmm. way before drake made british music cool in america right. and, and and everything and so i just what was that growing up in in, in like you grew up in london or did you grow up outside london no, I grew up in London, like West okay. London, like in the middle, okay. like like ten minutes from Central, like London, London. So when people do that whole London stuff, I'm just like, what what park we're in? Uh, outside, just on the corners, like nah, bro, chill out, relax. I know exactly where that is. Relax. It's <clears throat> it's it's like it's like pay. It's pay disrespect to me. Like when you talk about you're from London, London, but like you know you go to like zone seven that's not even a zone it's zone six it stops at like zone six and and then and then after that you're just out there we don't know zone seven is like the burbs it's like the suburbs it's like jersey to new york oh yeah yeah it's not the same it's like illinois to chicago you know yeah, like, if you have to pay a toll you're not yeah, from new york like, pretty just, much 
And there's a lot of people that do that, but then there's a lot of people that are truly from London, like, and it and it, it's beautiful seeing the, all the migration and all the people that are like, I can't fuck, I like it, it's a good time. What's the What's the first record you remember getting? What's the first record you bought? Oh, it was De La Soul's uh, Three Is a Magic Number. Wow. I was I paid fifty p for it at my school fair. I was like twelve or something like that. So it makes it even wilder that I did a record with them like a few years ago. Like yeah, uh, on a anonymous yeah. nobody. My whole soul just boom. Like I was just looking at them, like just staring at them and looking at them, like, but also trying to be myself, but also like oh, I'm in a field. Yeah. Then I saw filming a video for a song I wrote to Pete Rock to a Pete Rock beat. Yeah, to the Pete Rock beat. Whole, riding whole around, were you riding, riding, riding around in a car? I'm trying to remember that yeah. video. Was, yeah, yeah, was, yeah. It was a young girl that that both of them had tried to get at when they were young, and then we were growing ups, and I was marrying one of them. It was just wild. That's so, funny. You know, my first ever uh, public gig in my life was in '97. I, I grew up in Cleveland, and it was uh, I opened for them in '97, and I sucked. It was like I had a college mm-hmm. radio show, so I had like all like the underground credibility. So they booked yeah. me to the venue, booked me to like open, but I never did never did anything outside of dorm room parties. And so I was just like, oh, now I'm on this stage. And oh, it's like when yeah. Snakes and Tides just dropped. And it was just like, it was, and I'm just like, it was good. It was fine. Like it wasn't bad, but it just, it wasn't my level DJing now. But I was just yeah. so nervous. I, I, I just found all the pictures and it's just crazy. I, I was so <laughs> wide eyed. And like, and I remember Mace gave me his number and he was just like, you did a good job. And he, he handed me his, a piece of paper back then with a phone number. And I was too scared to call him for like four years. And I called that dude when I fucking graduated college like four years later. And of course, the number was like, it was probably like a beeper. But that was when shit got, became real for me when mm-hmm. I got to be on that stage. And I was like, and whenever I see those guys now, I'm always like telling the same story. Like, don't give right. a fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they can't. And then this is, no, the- no, no, they're such great guys. Yeah, incredible dudes and like just sweethearts. Like, I, I love them all. They're like my brothers. They're very good people. I know, and that's why I know Mason, Dave, I know Mace for the, the longest. When I was coming up in the UK, I had met him. Um, because we were working with my producer friend, Joe Buddha, and he would stay up with Joe Buddha whenever I would be up there working and he would DJ sometimes. And it was just like, we have this other bond, like on some, like, he's my big brother, like, anybody, e, you know, they don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah, how, yeah. You are, how, how, you, how far back you go when you was just rapping. And I'm just like, yeah, no, man. He's so crazy. Vinny Merlot. Vinny Merlot. He's, <laughs> he's a great dude. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you this. What do you fear? Nothing. Nothing. I, nothing. I, so I believe that there's fear and there's love. And if I if I say that I fear anything, that just adds to that energy, right? So whenever I catch myself in a space of like <gasps> or apprehension, I do it. I squash the idea and the energy that it's undoable or it's unfeelable or whatever. So I just I just move. And so I keep putting myself in a space of love. And that's my self-love to me, is like, yo. Focusing my energy towards love is my self-love. And that just, it just builds on that. So I don't fear anything. I don't. I just keep, and it's taking me some time and I'm still working through it, but I just keep living on the side of love. But the everyday work is something feels like it's threatening, something feels scary. I'm not scared of that. So what's the breakdown? Break it down to to zero. And here's what I'm going to do is combat that with love instead. Was there ever a point in your career where you felt like maybe it's done and uh, you had to figure out something else? For two seconds, yes. When I was in London and I sat on my balcony and I could barely afford my mortgage in my first house I bought 
And that, you know, for me, what, take me what year to was it? 2004, five. So I released my very first album in the UK. We do our thing. No, 2005 was good. We put the three records up, the singles. Then they were like, all change. We want you to change your style, change your energy, and go work with these producers that had nothing to do with the success of my first album. And I was just like, no, thank you. I'm good. Let me make the records the way I've made them before. You know, because what's broke, you don't fix. You just elevate. And yeah. I said, well, okay, guys, guys. Shine it up a little bit. Just yeah. buff it buff it down a touch, you know. And I said, you know who's going to help me buff this down? John Legend. And they legit said to me, and it's the album that became Shine with American Boy and everything else. They said to me, who's John Legend? That year, John had won like 500 Grammys. His album went like gold first week out in the UK. I had toured wow. with him extensively. They had given me money to tour with him. And they legit said in the A&R meeting, who is John Legend? And I wanted to throw myself through a wall. So I said... You've obviously never been to Stanford, Ohio. It was just... Right. <laughs> it was just wild. But look, out of that... like, And it was a three-month period in between that where I was recording my album myself. I went back to basics with it. I was like, well, let me go and record. Pay my money, fly where I got to fly. Build my relationships, do what I got to do. There's a three month period where I couldn't travel because I had no money because I hadn't been doing any gigs. And I was just sitting on my balcony, like, oh shit, this might be it. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. Same thing. Like, I remember at that point, that was the beginning of the fear versus love for me. It was like, well, what do you love to do? I love this. Well, what, where do you want to see it go? I want to win my Grammys. And I decided I was going to do it. And then I just did it. I love it. So, yeah. what, when, for people who are starting out, whether it's an artist, it could be uh, somebody in fashion, it could be an entrepreneur, it could be, it could be anybody, especially after this last year where everybody is starting all sorts of amazing things because of the yeah. quarantine. Betting on yourself is truly the best gift you can give yourself, huh? 100%. There's an, get very clear about who you are, what you're here to do, and literally do it every day. There's no four ways on it. There's no four ways. And, and doing it every day, it's up to you what that looks like. It's not somebody's mandated version of events. It's what it looks like. There's some days and now, and there's days before the quarantine where I would just be like, I'm going to smoke something and I'm going to lay out because I, my brain can't function and my brain needs a rest and my body is physically tired. I just got off of doing a marathon tour here or there. I was out there with a schedule. So when I come home, I was hard on myself trying to push. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to smoke and I'm going to lay out. And that day turned to like three. And then I got back to work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But in the, in the interims of laying down, I was able to listen to music and put the music on. And I got inspired. And then when I got back up to write, boom, the records come out. You know, yeah. so it, it's whatever it looks like to you is the point, you know? Yeah. So you said a magic word. You said records. It's <laughs> January of 2021. Do you think at some point before before uh, there's another ball drop in Times Square <laughs> that nobody can attend that oh. we'll hear any new music from you at some point in the next 12 months? Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm done on my album. We started recording it quarantine style in 20... I actually started recording it in 2012. We came back to it in 20... <laughs> That's serious. We came back to it in 2017 and then back to it again in 2019. Um, so I've been working on this one for a minute. Again, as I flow, I'm not pressing it or pushing it for nobody, yeah. but it's going to be out this year because I, I think we need some joy. <laughs> we need yeah. some joy. And I have yeah, some joy. You know, I have some happy records. 
Nice. We need we need that. And, and how did the it. Apple Music Show come about? Oh my goodness! So again, just in knowing what you love and what you want to do, right? I had after I did Lovers Rock, my friends had decided to tell me that they really came out like bit by bit, like, "Yo, you you do so many genres so well. You need a radio show, like because your playlist be hitting." And I was just like, "All right." And then my team were like, "Let's go and see if we can at least do a playlist show with Apple, right?" And I was just like. Sure, you know, like we can do we can do reggae music. I could play all my reggae dress and I could like fake DJ, you know, for the man them. Uh, and they were like, yeah, cool, cool. They went to Apple and they pitched the idea of me doing like one of the play, you know, the artist playlist shows. And then Apple came back and said, she's a little bigger than that. Um, does she want to do, you know, not bigger, but she she a little bit more expansive. Does she want to do a radio show, like like a radio host, like five days a week? And I was like. You know, I have time. I had just started to kind of really get a, a, a grip on, I'm going to say, a grip on balance in my life. And I realized how much free time I actually had when I wasn't trying to do 57 things I don't need to do, right? Yeah. So I was like, you know yeah. what? I actually have the time to do it, the mental capacity. I do these all day. Um, sure. Uh, it's been a learning process. <laughs> my team are great. They make me look good. <laughs> But it's, it's been a blessing, like, man, I can't even front. Like, it's something to stay engaged with and something to stay up about, especially on the days when it's, like like I said, the in-between days where you're just like, I I cannot. Like, the idea that there are friends and or friend, darlings, I want to say, who follow me and people who look at what I do as far as, like, um, just like myself and Bariola, one of my co-hosts of someone I do love on a Wednesday with, they look at us every day. Every week we go, we used to go in there and just talk about positivity and fear and love and how to reapproach life from a different standpoint. Just another point of view, right? Spiritual, a bit more, just another alternative to how you fuck up your love life and things like that. And just yourself, you know, just a different way. We would go in there and do that on live. And the fact that, like, I have that in a global format now, you know, and it's supported by music, which is my core. I there's there's a whole period of my life that I wish I had been like, just give me the vinyl to my stepdad, <laughs> right? He used to be in a sound and that was his whole thing. He used to play, him and his friend had the, you know, like Lovers Rock on um, Small X anthology. That's, those are my parents. That was my family. I grew up in that specific space. That was me on the stairs, looking down, like watching the adults party, stringing up the, the decks, pulling the vinyl wow. out the back of the van. They had like a little red van with all the speakers that they built from scratch in the back or they had rejigged in the back. So these men were like electricians, removals guys, production engineers, you know, like, and that was my whole life growing up. They had all the vinyl, they had all the stuff. And I was like, I wish I'd have just been like, save them for me. But I understand being an adult, moving house and wanting to get rid of shit too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel it. Yeah, I just, I mean, I try to get my kid everything, but like at some point, at some point he's going to be like, too fucking much, dad. Too fucking much. <laughs> I, I, I love talking music stuff with, with, with people who just love music and, and there's this, like, you just love music and it's, it's just so, it's so, you, people could see like this, your smile when you talk about music. It's just like yeah. a very captivating thing. What's the one thing you would like to tell your 2000 self? Oh, you know? oh, I would say, go, go for it. All the things, wear the belly top. Play all the music loudly, sing it at the top of your lungs, 
practice at the top of your lungs loudly, it's fine. You'll figure out where your range sits. I did a lot <laughs> in, in 2000. I was in, I was all over the world, like with my versions or just on my own. I was just like, now nah, I'm going to New York when I'm going. And my friends were looking at me like, well, why are you? Don't worry. It's going to make sense. Don't worry. I'm just going to go. And, you know, we would connect. I remember where I was in two, uh, 20, 9-11. I was actually in Brooklyn. I had come to New York the day before. And, wow. And then it happened. And then we ended up staying in Brooklyn the whole time. So I did a lot. Um, yeah. It's more, it would be more on a personal side. Like, go for it. Date the guy. Wear the belly top. Wear your clothes. Be happy. Like, don't worry about perceptions and what people are going to think of you. You're going it, to, it's beautiful either way. You're going to be fine and no one will remember. Just live. Don't be so career minded that you forget that you're a woman and a young girl and you should live and do things. You know? Yeah. You yeah. wake up an old old person like me, like, what the fuck did I do with my life? <laughs> Never. You're living an amazing life. I have no idea. I wake up every day. Also, I, I do realize I forgot to ask you, you have some TV and film stuff coming out this year. Could we talk about that right. really quick? Well, I did some stuff last year for a, a couple of Netflix shows and like We've had the last year and we've utilized everything with Steven Universe to like, you know, for the side of social justice. And shout out to Cartoon oh, Network, Rebecca Sugar for re-being on our team and that with that. So everyone who watches or pays attention to Steven Universe, we love you and thanks for supporting us. And also I was in a film with Nia Long, one of my childhood heroes and now one of my friends, which is wild. Um, she was one of my childhood heroes in a very different way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. All my okay. That, just like, to be very oh. fucking clear. I'm just like, I'm not telling her nothing. Don't I'm not telling her nothing. Um, but like, it's that kind of energy. I'm just like, bruh. But like, she's very, very cool. And she's been sort of a mentor and just her kindness, even in reaching out directly and being like, come be in this film with me. It's a little role, but come be in it, you know? Um, where a lot of actors and actresses I've known, they really, you know, they'll play the game, but they don't really, you know, they don't, and then they look at you wild like you're a threat. And I'm like, first of all, you've been here for 20 years, bro. I'm, I just came. Relax. Your shit is solidified. You know, we don't have to be friends. And I just wanted to respect you. But she was very much like, yeah, that's that's cool. We've met when I first moved to New York, too. So that was another part where, and we're both West Indian, half West Indian. And, you know, oh, and wow. so like that was another bond of like, girl, we eat roti or double. What are we doing today? We're the curry chicken? What's going on? Some white? Like, she's real human beyond it you know that was just beautiful and just it's a, it's been a lovely time and we're working on i started my production company up for real est 1980 productions um and we've been working on shows and pitching and getting it out there and so things are coming up this year i'm excited i had to, i had a chance to focus <laughs> focus is the thing i'm so glad you made it through the uh the whole 2020 you happy too. healthy progressive positive mm-hmm. You know, uh, rich as fuck. Uh, <laughs> well, you too. This what we on this year. Like, look, and claiming it for continual, for legacy, for future. Because, yeah. look, we ain't out here to struggle. It's been a hard year. And I think yeah. we just got I know this is going to be the best year of my life. I literally know that. 2020, honestly, for me, like, it looked great on the gram. Personally, yeah. it, was, it was bad in, in a multitude of ways that I can't even legally talk about but like you know but it looked good on the little squares but like 2021 though like i'm clean like i know this now. i already know like mm-hmm. like it's just gonna be when i when 2022 comes i'm gonna look back at 2021 and be like man well that, because you, I, don't I, want to consider I, this. I want you to consider like if we didn't go through and if you didn't go through 2020 and 2019 and all the things right these years wouldn't look so beautiful 
it wouldn't be so shiny, yeah. so bright. Like the the light when you look up after looking at the ground and it's, it's, it's the ground is dark for the longest. When you look up at the sky, doesn't it seem so bright and blue and light, no matter what shade it is, no matter whether it's gray today or whether the sun's not shining and it's a bit, eh, the light is still so bright. Like you need the balance. You need uh, for every, you know, for every, uh, every plus there's a minus, every minus there's a plus. Like, you know, you need your balance. And to me, that's what we should all be worried of focusing on is like noticing the balance, noticing the pluses, when, you know, and you're, we're doing that this year. This is it. That's why we claim it. And that's why I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited that we're both here. Yeah. We, made awesome. we, made we made it. We made it. Be alive. We made it. We made it. Thank you so much, Estelle. Make sure you guys tune in to her show on Apple Music. Her real music is coming out at some point in this year. And all the acting stuff she just talked about that I don't even remember what she said. But it was talking about me along. My head went back. My head went back. I'm like, you know, Ebony Magazine 94. Like, I was zoned out. I'm really sorry. Uh, like, but I know you said something important. So, you know, listen, make sure you listen to it uh, and watch it and shit. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, good luck with everything this year. And we'll be back next week on another episode of The Mix Show. That was it for another episode of The Mix Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please rate and subscribe to The Mix Show wherever you like to listen. And make sure to follow on Instagram at Mick and on Twitter at I am Mick. Let me know who you want to hear on a future episode and we will see you back here next week. The Mix Show is presented in partnership with Maxim. The show is produced by Lantigua, Williams & Co. Cedric Wilson is our producer and mixed this episode. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor.